And it is so great to have Nate helping us out today, man. <clears throat> Can we all just affirm Nate uh, by, by letting him know he's welcome here anytime? Just saying. Just saying, man. So <laughs> love you, brother. Love you, love you, love you. Uh, so today is Memorial Day. And so I uh, just want to pause and just remember uh, what that is all about. Uh, those who gave the ultimate sacrifice uh, for our country and laid down their life um, so that you and I can live in a country that, you know, I prefer, personally, I've traveled quite a bit, and uh, this is where I want to be, so <laughs> that's just my two cents, uh, you, you know, wherever you're at in that, it's great, uh, but I, I've traveled uh, just about every continent here, uh, and uh, I love living here, I'm grateful to God I was born here, sometimes your destiny is determined by your birth location, certainly a huge part of it, and we know God's in control of all that, but I am grateful. Uh, for being right here and grateful for those who laid it down. You know, some people have a just a warrior spirit, right? I mean, you guys know that, right? Some people are passive, right? Peacemakers need a lot more of those in our world today. But some people, if, if I'm in trouble, I want them next to me. Does that make any sense to anybody? <laughs> if I'm in a jam... <laughs> I want that warrior spirit person right there next to me. And I'll, I'll be the peacemaker, you know, and uh, and if there's no peace, yeah, let them take care of it. So that's kind of where I'm at. Hey, uh, I am so excited uh, to introduce uh, my son, who's visiting us this weekend. It uh, looks like Samantha and Wesley <laughs> take, took off, uh, his wife and our grandson. But Chad, just stand up real quick. Just everyone say hi to Chad. <clears throat> He, he was one of those, uh, one of those kids who, uh, knew every nick and cranny of this building right here. Ran, you can sit down, you can sit down. <laughs> but he knew the entire building, uh, because he ran around everywhere. Uh, so it's the first time you've been back here in 20 years. 20 years. <laughs> and he says it looked really nice. All the improvements look really nice. So that's cool. It's been great having him here this weekend. Uh, so, uh, Anyways, um, glad you're here. Glad you made it. Glad you made it. We weren't sure because our grandson, this is like his nap time right now. So, you, you know, you, those of you who have had kids, I mean, you know, the, the kids rule the schedule pretty much, you know. So I appreciate their effort making it here today. Uh, today, we're going to kind of wrap up. We're going to wrap up this series on Get Love Right. Uh, and that really is a foundational idea, thought, um, that I, Sharon and I have for sure, as far as pastoring the church here, um, first things first, get love right. God is love, and he wants to love him with all of our heart, mind, soul, strength, and love our neighbors as ourselves. So love is all around in the scriptures. And the Bible even says no matter what else we do, if we don't get love right, we zero out. We, we, we end up really nothing, is what the Bible says like a clanging sound, like a, an orchestra practicing before they actually play. Now, there's no harmony, there's no unity, uh, there's no love. And so today, in talking about wrapping up the series on Get Love Right, 
I'm, I'm just going to focus on the word faithful, uh, because ultimately, <clears throat> love expresses itself in faithfulness, ultimately, in faithfulness. Love expresses itself in faithfulness. The application of living out love is being faithful. This was true with God, and it's true with us also. Faithfulness. And in our world, you know, it's amazing. And and the kingdom of God in the world is so different. That's why you've always got to keep the kingdom of God above your politic. Someone, someone, just fake it if you don't believe that. Just, you know, start there. You know, got to keep your kingdom above your politic uh, because in the world, you can be faithless and be successful. Happens all the time. It's everywhere. Faithfulness is not a requirement for success in the world. In the kingdom of God, <laughs> if you're not faithful in the kingdom of God, God will he'll move you out. He'll move you aside. He'll bench you. You know whatever language you want to use. Uh, but faithfulness is a requirement in the kingdom of God. So there's a huge clash here as far as kind of the world's values and the kingdom of God values, certainly in this area. In fact, in Ecclesiastes 5, 4 through 5, the the Bible says this, when you make a promise to God, don't delay in following through, for God takes no pleasure in fools. Guys, I love that language. (laughs) Come on, some of you are the same way. Come on, come on. Some of you, you wanted to yell amen right there, right? No, <laughs> no pleasure in fools. Uh, keep all the promises you make to him. It is better to say nothing than to make a promise and not keep it. Now, how many of us have made, have made promises to God in a moment of desperation? Besides me. Come on. We've all, we've all been there, right? In a moment of crisis, in a moment of pain, in a moment of dilemma, we we have uh, we, we have made a, a deal with God. If He'll just get us out of this, generally that we got ourselves into, right? made a promise. So the Bible is is clear back in in what we call the Old Testament, and then Jesus addressed this in uh, Matthew five. My headset's not here yet. It's coming though, right, Russ? I love you, brother. I love you. I need that headset. <clears throat> Anyways, let me, let me clumsily open my Bible. <laughs> All right. Jesus addressed this idea in Matthew chapter 5, verse 33 through 37. And, and here's what he said. As he's doing this amazing um, teaching in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Some people say it's, you know, the kind of the apex of his teaching. Uh, but here, here's what it says. Here's what he says. Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, we would call that the Old Testament. Do not break your oath, but keep the oaths you have made to the Lord. So you've heard that. And again, what Jesus does here in these teachings, just so you are clear, um, there's the uh, the interpretation the Pharisees were giving, the teachers of the law were giving about the Old Testament, but they were, they were missing the spirit of the law, the intention behind the law. Does that make sense to anybody? So they were, getting, they were getting legalistic on the law, but they were missing the heart of 
the law. So Jesus is going to give the heart here, which does as he breaks this down. Do not break your oath, but keep the oaths you have made to the Lord. But I tell you, Jesus says, but I tell you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, so we have no right to even swear by heaven, um, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, we have no right to swear by the earth, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. These would be three areas that were common to make an oath by. Um, in verse 36, and do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. And some of you are going, I, no, I can make my white hair black. <clears throat> Come on, that's not what he meant. He wasn't thinking about the product that we use in our billion-dollar industry called cosmetics. You cannot make even one hair white or black. You can't even do it on your own ability. And here's his point. Simply let your yes be yes and your no, no. How many of you have been in a pinch and maybe in a relational crunch with somebody uh, and, and, and you, you're trying to convince them that you really mean it this time. Come on, anybody? And, and you, so you, you throw on a swear, an oath, a promise. I really mean it this time. I, come on. Right? Jesus saying, look, you know what? Can all that. Just when you say yes, let it be yes. Come on, there's got to be an amen here somewhere. And when you say no, let it be no. Yeah. Don't get all wrapped up in a moment and throw out this oath or promise that you really have no intention or maybe even ability to keep. So this idea of our word and following through. Our word and following through. I mentioned before the word hesed in the Old Testament. And this is where we talked about the faithfulness of God. Uh, is a Hebrew word used 250 times in the Old Testament. It's used a lot to describe God. In fact, God uses it to describe himself uh, in his covenant promise to his people. His covenant promise to his people. His uh, agreement, if you would, to his people. We just signed a, a covenant with Hazen Construction to help Fix up the house right here. Yay, God. Yay, God, by the way, for that. Yay, God, for that. I can't wait to see what it looks like when it's done. But we, we, we entered into an agreement, right? That's what you do. And so in the same way, God's entered into an agreement with you and with me. In the Old Testament, there was the, uh, the covenant for the, uh, the Hebrews, Israelites. And for us, the covenant is really based on love and the person and sacrifice and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This all started in the Old Testament. This nature of God, this faithfulness of God, this word hesed. I just wrote down kind of a description. It says the word describes loyalty, faithfulness, unfailing love, loving kindness. Wouldn't that be great to have everyone you know around you be described that way? They were loyal. They were faithful. They were unfailing in their and they, they had loving kindness towards you. Wouldn't that be great? Now, how many of you want to be that person for others? Most of the time. 
most of the time. <laughs> no, I think most of us have the want to, right? We have the want to. Uh, it goes on. Uh, this, this idea, this word, it combines emotion with action. This is so important. To help someone in their time in need. And now, it, it, it's not uncommon because we have access to so many things now, social media. It's not uncommon to see a tragic situation and feel bad about it, but we're not going to do anything about it. I mean, we feel bad, but not that bad. <laughs> Come on. Someone help me out. We, oh, that's terrible. And, you know, someone should do something about that. Not me, but someone should. Hesed, this word, it combines emotion with action. Emotion with action. To help someone in their time of need. See a need, meet a need. See a need, meet a need. Let me read a little more. It is when God is faithful to us, even when we are not faithful to him. Does that describe anybody besides me? God is faithful to us, even when we're not faithful to him. In uh, Exodus 34, I don't know if you remember the story in the Old Testament, but Moses had to get the tablets a second time. Anybody remember that? Do you remember what happened to the first set of tablets? He broke them. Why did he break them? What? I heard worshiping... Yeah, the cow. Holy cow, right? Holy cow. That's where that phrase came from, by the way. Holy cow. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. But when he was getting the tablets the second time, it says in Exodus 34, verse 6, and uh, God came down, uh, verse 5, then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with Moses. Now, some of you wonder... What does that mean, God came down in the cloud and stood with Moses? What what exactly happened? Let me translate that for you. Ready? God came down in the cloud and he stood with Moses. How's that for a translation? What happened is what said happened. (laughs) I'll let you figure out the rest on your own. But that was verse 5. And so he stood there with Moses and... uh, and it, he proclaimed his name, the Lord. And it's just so interesting, verse 6. And, and the Lord passed in front of Moses, proclaiming the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love, abounding in love, and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin, Yet he does not leave, he goes on to say, the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the fathers to the third to fourth generation. And then Moses bowed down to the ground at once and worshipped, O Lord, if I have found favor in your eyes, he said, then let the Lord go with us. Although this is a stiff-necked people. I don't know if you remember in one conversation Moses had with God. God said, these are your people. And Moses goes, no, they're not. They're your people. And God goes, no, they're not. They're your people. And they went back and forth. Have you ever felt that way? I mean, I have, certainly. But Moses was pleading to God to 
have mercy, to have hesed with him and his people. To remain faithful even though the Israelites were unfaithful in their worship of the calf of the cow. Moses was recognizing and reminding God, so to speak, who he was. He was a faithful God. That definition goes on. It says, it, it, uh, this word hesed, it can describe, it can be described as unconditional love and unmerited mercy. Do you, do you know God loves you? Period. Some people have a hard time grasping that. Because they want to earn God's love. Come on, you're in the room right now. We, we love your parents, but something happened in your childhood. Come on, somebody. I remember raising our kids, and our little joke sometimes when we'd mess up was nothing 20 hours of counseling won't take care of. <laughs> but, man, God is such a loving, faithful God. In our world, this is best expressed in our wedding vows. The wedding vows really sum up this word hesed, unfailing love. Uh, we talk about in our, in our wedding, wedding vows to, um, to, be, to be faithful, to be loyal, uh, for richer or poor. Uh, sickness and health. Here's one, just a reminder for some of you. Remember those words? Maybe. Until we get sick and tired of each other. No. Wouldn't, that, that, that would be about a six-month marriage. <laughs> Whenever that honeymoon hit the wall. No, until what? Well, that's commitment. That's hesed. That's unfailing love. So being faithful is love in action. Being faithful is love in action. Proverbs, um, Psalms 136 says this, Give thanks to the God of heaven. His faithful love endures and ever, and ever, and ever, and ever. Amen. Now this type of love transfers to you and me as we're in Christ, as God is creating a new you in Christ. And this is the love that we have towards God, towards ourselves, and ultimately towards our neighbors. And Paul talks about this in Romans. Again, faithfulness is love in action. And in Romans chapter 13, 8 through 14, I'm going to walk through this. Here's what the Apostle Paul reminds us of that's so important that he learned from Christ and from the Old Testament. He says, Owe nothing to anyone except your obligation to love one another. Now, everyone say the word obligation. Obligation is not a suggestion. It's amazing how oftentimes, uh, none of you, but some Christians I've talked to, none of you. None of you. But some Christians look at the Bible as, as a smorgasbord. Are those even around anymore? Picnic, where, you know, you get the long table picnic, and you go, oh, I like that, I like that. Ooh, yucky, yucky, I don't want any of that. Yeah, I don't want that. This is not, we can't look at this like a suggestion. I'll apply what I like and leave the rest behind, right? That's not how it works. Uh, he says to uh, owe nothing to anyone except your obligation 
to love one another. Now, here's the irony. As you love beyond your capacity, because God is in you giving you the ability to love, it benefits you. That's what's amazing. When we don't love, we're working against ourselves. When we hold grudges, we're working against ourselves. When we can't forgive, we're working against... Oh man, I'm talking to somebody right now. When we can't forgive, we're working against ourselves. Right? When, we, when we have bitterness, we're working against ourselves. We are literally harming ourselves when we hold on to those things. Paul goes on, if you love your neighbor... And your neighbor is what? Anybody in need, right? Not just those who live next to you, but that would be good too. I know in California, high fences make good neighbors. We moved to Illinois from here 20 years ago. And one thing we had to adjust to, uh, certainly in our neighborhood, there were no fences. None. That was not good for me. It took me a while to get used to that. Because in California, where I grew up. Uh, so anyways, if you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of the law. For the commandments say you must not commit adultery, you must not murder, you must not steal, you must not covet. These and other such commandments are summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. So that's the person in need and yourself. You got to love both. Verse 10 is kind of the linchpin here. Love does no wrong to others. This is the root of the foundation of what love is, according to the scriptures. We don't do any wrong to others. So love fulfills the requirements of God's law. He goes on, verse 11. This is all the more urgent... For you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up, for our salvation is nearer uh, now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. That idea, take off, put on, implies... There's a volition we have, a will we have to choose to follow God. We, we can choose to follow him or we can choose to, to, to disobey him. So we're being encouraged here, reminded by the Apostle Paul of what is important and why it is important. What is important? Why it is important? Verse 13, because we belong to the day. It's who we are. It's who we are. Why do we live a life pleasing to God? You're a child of God. You're a child of God. God's children reflect who he is. Come on. God's children reflect who he is. Chad reflects who I am. If you hung out with Chad for a while, you would notice some of his mannerisms might be similar to mine. Quite a few of them. (laughs) But there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Let let me make sure I translate that. We we don't live those decent lives with the motivation of all to see. We just live them in such a way it's so obvious that all who are around us can see it. Big difference there. 
big, big difference. We're not hypocritical. We're just being who we are. Goes on, don't participate in the darkness of wild parties. I think today we'd call it rages. Do I got that right? I think. I like, I like to read all kinds of stuff, and that, that's definitely in there. Uh, no wild parties, drunkenness, or in sexual promiscuity, immoral living. And just to tack this on, I'm so glad he did, quarreling and jealousy. So often when we think about disobedience to God or the way the world lives, we always think of sexual immorality. Oftentimes we don't, we don't want to tie in quarreling. Well, quarreling can't be as bad as sexual immorality. It's in the same list. Jealousy, same list. Come on, Christian, help me out. Come on. We, we like to, uh, and other Christians I've talked to, like to online, maybe online. Uh, we, we, we like to, we, we have, what one author wrote, we have acceptable sins in the church. Come on, somebody. We have a, a priority of sins, really bad ones, and ones that are like, ah, they're not, you know, not too bad. Come on, anybody? Sin is sin. Yes. Sin keeps us from God. It separates us. Sin separates. We know that. Verse 14. Instead of all that, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Everything starts in the mind. How you think. This is so, man, this is so important. Man, there's a whole sermon series right here. But how you think will determine how you feel, and how you feel will determine how you act and how you live. That's why the Bible talks about the the Word of God being prominent in our minds. To study the Word. Study to show ourselves approved by God. In wrestling the spiritual warfare we have in our world today. So being faithful is merging word and deed. It, it's, 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 our, it's becoming who we are. Faithful. God's word, our life combined. Here's what First John says. He wrote these words. We can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. Everyone just help me out. Everyone say if. If. It's a little word. It's a little word. But we can be sure that we know him if, if we obey. Uh, man. Verse 4. If someone claims, right, they have a proclamation, I know God, but does not obey God's commands, commandments, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. We all know that. We've all, we've all lived that. We've all experienced that. Uh, but it's so critical that we merge word and deed. We merge faithful word and deed. I know God, but doesn't obey God's commands. Uh, I, 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 I've had this conversation. Maybe you have a couple times. Um, oh, oh, God and I have an understanding. Anybody? 
that usually means for me, there's a counseling session coming up <laughs> in my world. Whenever I hear God and I have an understanding, yeah, yeah, you do. Here it is. Here's the understanding. We live under his word. We get the benefit of that. We get the benefit of that. <laughs> we get the benefit of that. Every time you and I hear God's word and obey God's word, it's for our provision. and Every time. Even if it makes no sense, even if it's counterintuitive, even if it's counterculture, even if it goes against the grain at work or in family or anywhere in your neighborhood, every time we align our lives with the word of God, and by the way, that's what the word praise actually means, to come into alignment with God and his word. That actually defines the word praise. We're praising him when we are in line with him. But every time we do that, it's for our benefit. It's for our protection. It's for our provision. It gives God glory, but we get wrapped up into that in a positive way. So verse 5 says, But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. They love him. Uh, I'm going to... You're going to hear me talk about my marriage quite a bit um, for for uh, good reasons and for all the mistakes I've made over the years. My premarital counseling nowadays is pretty much, here's what I've done wrong, don't do it. Here's what I should have done, do it. Come on. <laughs> That's pretty much my entirety of my marriage counseling. Here's what I wish I would have known early on in my marriage. Uh, but in our marriage... Does not matter how much I tell Sharon I love her. Bless what? Gotta follow through. Gotta follow through. Gotta follow through. And I'm talking about every day. <laughs> every day's new too. I don't get to carry credits over from yesterday. Come on, someone help me out, man. It does help to fill the emotional tank, though. It does help. But every day, I can't just tell her I love her. I've got to show her I love her. We get that. We understand that. So the same is true with God. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That is how we know we are living in him. Right? That's how we know. Are we hearing the word, obeying the word? Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. He's always going to be the bar. Even though we're not ever going to be perfect like he was, he is always the bar. Uh, the person sitting next to you is not the bar. Your spouse is not the bar. Your pastor is not the bar. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> Jesus is the bar, right? Jesus is the bar. He lived a life that modeled how we are to live. I'm going to wrap this up. Nate's going to come back up. I'll have one more song here. But Micah says a great scripture. It says this. He has told you, oh man, woman, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, of me, Great scripture verse. But to do justice, right, do the right thing the right way, 
no matter who it is, no favoritism. The right thing, the right way, no favoritism. The right thing, the right way, no favoritism. And to love kindness, steadfast love. That's that hesed. To love that. To be in love with love and live love in our lives. And to walk humbly with our God. Well, you want some markers of how to live your life? Micah 6 8. It's powerful. Micah 6 8. Do justice, love kindness, steadfast love, hesed love, and to walk humbly with your God. Will you stand? I want to pray for you. And then we have one more song here today before we go. And I want to encourage you um, as you. Just consider who's in your your circle of influence. Who is it God has you praying for to know him or to come back to him or to come back to him? Who is that? Uh, this is something God's always put in my heart. He's always given me kind of an evangelistic outlook as a pastor. Because um, we are here to see people get saved, and baptized, and discipled. Save and baptize and disciple. Save and baptize and disciple. So who is that? God's going to use you. He's going to give you a front row seat to somebody. He's going to give you a front row seat to somebody. Father God, thank you so much for this morning. God, I am so grateful for everyone who's here. Uh, Father, I'm so grateful uh, for your word. God, I'm so grateful for your faithfulness. That God, you are faithful even when I'm not. God, you are committed even when I waver. Father God, you are all in even when I have an escape clause. God, I pray for all of us here at Christian Life Center. This, this faithfulness, being faithful, can be a characteristic of who we are because it's who You are in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Amen.